Well, hello there, and thank you for tuning in to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure product company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom, to pussy praising, to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and and enjoy enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hey, everyone. Hello, darlings. Welcome back to Shameless Sex. This is a part two of our last episode on um, featuring some sex questions that we didn't get to answer all of them. Do you think we need a jingle? Why do you think the jingle would be? Like a shameless sex song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to think of a jingle for us. Maybe someone could make us a jingle. I want to make a jingle. Maybe a fan of ours could send us a shameless sex jingle. Can they just, can Can I get sampled on it though? Because I love singing jingles. Well, what do you want to say on it? Shameless sex song. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, Amy's like, ah, that's a hard <laughs> no for me. <laughs> I mean, I like it, but... But not love it. You don't love it. Yeah. Damn it. It's cute, though, but I'll take a jingle. I'll t- I'll come up with a different one, like, you put the shameless in my sex <laughs> <laughs> You're just, like, saying, sex It's true, I do. Yeah. You're so shameless. I know. All yeah. the days. Yeah, she's shameless. And all the nights. All the nights. <laughs> yes, if you have a jingle you want to make for us, please send it our way. Thank you. Yes. You know, well, I'll send you a free hot octopus toy. Ooh, for and a jingle? Some, yes, for a jingle. And so someone actually has like some music. They put it on. Yeah, it's not just like you don't send us a pre-recorded thing. Like you have to be creative. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll also give you some free Uber lube. Oh, yeah. Uber I know the owners. Too. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get you just a bottle of the best lube ever. And I might even throw in nice bottle of wine, which we're drinking right now. What, what kind of wine are we drinking? We're drinking. This is a Pinot Noir. Oh, we love Pinot from Noir. From Talbot. Um, and it's 2015 Pinot Noir. We're feeling like we need a wine sponsor who just sent us cases yeah. of wine so to drink while we're... If you're <laughs> a, 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 vin, a vintner? I don't know. You would know better than I are. You a wine A vintner out? is the one that grows the grapes. <laughs> she knows her wine. She lives I went wine. on a wine um, tour in Spain when I was just in Spain. And um, amazing. Like, I, like I just... it's It was biodynamic. And it, I just wanted to share this with you because you're such a hippie. You'll love this shit. Yes. So it's biodynamic. So they literally have sheep that are a certain height that go in like kill all the weeds naturally and it's organic and then they shit scat whatever you want to call it scatter Mm -hmm. and um that's how they fertilize the grapes and then each full moon they take these um cow uh horns they stuff them with crystals that are purified by the moon and stir the compost that is going in to the grapes that are um that the wine is, is uh, why, the why cow horns and were any cows hurt it's in the some process? old way it's um the, the guy that did uh all the biodynamic practices he's a, a jewish guy oh god what is his name stein steinfeld uh anyway this is whole practice there's a whole system it's beautiful but it's from the 50s um biodynamic stuff so it the, the actual cow horns and compost and quartz is a whole system that they've used for since then because of this guy sounds pretty hippie it is really I mean, hippie it's awesome sounds and awesome it's, and they were all about the energy that goes into the wine and it's all about the energy and so how's the wine delicious amazing we're not mm-hmm. drinking it right now but it's a spanish wine but i do love wine mm-hmm. my point is is that 
Send I us love some cases. wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send us some cases. What do you like yeah. most about wine? The buzz. Yeah. <laughs> I like the flavors. I, I like the, the buzz. So we're going to answer some sex questions today, and we're just let's just dive right in. Like let's, let's dive in. Yeah, no there's no fuss. need. Yeah, here we no go. No fuss, no and ifs or buts. Boots about it. I still haven't. I still have my anal virginity, but Ooh. I will tell you this: I'm getting closer and closer to it being gone. I need a butt plug. I have so many of them. I know. Can I, mean, I have that one? I haven't used. Gently I'll used. A new one. <laughs> right, so I need to get you a fascinator throw and oh, a yeah. butt plug from Pure You need pressure. a rubber sheet yeah. and a butt plug. And you yeah. <laughs> Can okay. you actually sit on the edge of my bed and coach me? Yes. For, oh, I've, I've, I think I've actually... Mm, let's see. I have taken someone's anal virginity before by, I know, by I inserting a butt plug in their ass for the first time. Um, and there was definitely a group of people around, and I was really good at it. So if you need me to do I that, I might need you. But I was, I, I got close. I had the JTT, just the tip in there. How'd it feel? I hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use a lot of Uberlube? No, we didn't. We didn't use what? like an, what? I know, you have, dude. Not paid attention to anything I that said I that. It's a whole other story. We'll talk about it I later. Talk but to your partner about yep, this. I yeah. know. I told him it's all about the lube. Um, the ass is not lubricated. He's all. Itself. I said that. I use all these tactics. Dude. You don't need to do tactics. You just start putting lube everywhere. That's what I said. No, don't say it. Do it. Put <laughs> lube everywhere. It's your body. True. But <laughs> I didn't have my hands accessible to my drawer where the lube was. Were your hands tied up? I don't remember. No. <laughs> <laughs> I played the fifth. No, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wanted to update you about that. So it, well, it's coming. I can feel it. I can feel it coming in, in the air. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so anyway. Oh yeah, the sex scene in the movie Risky Business that was hot, and the train. Oh, I don't remember Isn't that. Isn't that song playing during it? No, there's another Phil Collins. In general, song. that song. No, that song plays in the Hangover when they're at Mike Tyson's house and they break in. Oh god! And he's listening to it and he's like air drumming. Anyway, oh, yeah. tangent. Tangent. We should call our show Tan. Tan. No, that's already a. Tan, that's Chris Ryan's. It's tangentially speaking. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's already done. I was going to say we, a spin off that. That's why we're going to go on his podcast. Yeah, we are. Because we're pretty good at tangents. Anyway, All right, you, you, you want to start? <laughs> Let's do so it. So, just um, in case you missed um, the other episode, this is a continuation where we answered one um, question because we had we a lot. bunch yeah. and Amy and I had we really... We love them. We love them. We love them so much. It just takes us some time. So we do encourage you, if you have sex questions, please write us in. We'll do our very best to answer them in as timely manner as, as we can kind of um, muster because Amy and I are very busy. We're on the road all the time and we rarely get time together to kind of go through our emails and check them out. So and we'll keep your names anonymous and all yes, that too. Your anonymity will be protected. And um, just in case you don't know and you want to write a question, it's um, shamelesssexpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also go on to our website. It's shamelesssex.com. And there's a question section that you can answer or, and you can send in um, from our uh, web platform. Was that, did I talk really fast there? Just now you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. We'll be places and one of us will talk and the other people that don't know us will ask, what did they say? Did and they then say? the other, April will know exactly what I said when I talk really fast. Yep. And I'll know exactly what she said. We're like identical twins from the womb who speak each other's secret language. It's true. And the other day you were, you've been gone for like three weeks, but I was doing something and someone that, who was over? Someone's like, you 
that was like such an Amy move. I'm like, we have a lot of the same Uh-oh. tendencies. So I was like, Err! like, I don't know. I did something like super Amy. And they're like, you guys are funny. You're like sisters. Wearing We're off. Twinkies from the same womb. Actually, I do call Amy's mom, mom. Cause she's like a second mom to me. Well, we her. are pretty convinced that we, um, did, we were like, some sort of wild, amazing empresses from past lives ruling the lands. Right. Yep. And seriously, like we had this intergalactic moment one time. And uh, we under were like, the stars. Under the stars. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, we're sisters. Yeah. Hold me. We were ruling the world. We are. One love. dildo at a time. One big dildo. One big giant dildo. <laughs> were we covered in Uber lube <laughs> for anal. Oh, yes. Covered in silicone dildo. No. Okay, anyways. Okay. Questions. <clears throat> you go first. Tangentially speaking. <laughs> okay, me first. Um, all right. So M asks. We're just uh, using the first initial for some of them. Definitely not the name for any of them. So M asks. I've. I've oh, already messed it up. I've had multiple partners and I'm not ashamed of being with them and getting right in the sack. There's this new guy though whom I work with and this isn't the first time I've gotten I've gone with someone that I work with. But there's just something different about him that I don't want to take my pants off right away. Don't get me wrong, I would love to get right into it, but I think because he's the first actual dom I've been with, I'm a little scared that I'll enjoy the sex too much. I love the thought of being with a dom and sub- submitting myself to him, but I don't want to do it because maybe it'll ruin the friendship that we have at work together. What should I do? Well, I mean, there's two different things here. There's the the you have some. What do you want? What do you want to say? I know you got. I know you have an now, opinion. You go first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You should give me a look like she had a thing. So we have two different things. One, there's the dynamic at work that could get a little messy, and then there's there's a separate thing of the there's a fear there that you will be you when you are scared that you will enjoy it too much. Um, I'm already like. Don't be fucking scared to enjoy something right. too much. That definitely, but the yeah. work. Yeah, I want to go to the work thing first. Do the work. Yeah, thing. yeah, do it. Just I know, speaking yeah. from speaking from total uh, experience in keep work and sex specifically separate if you can in any ways yeah, because as much as possible. In my experience, and you know, sadly enough. Women in general, um, st- we struggle, especially w- if we're in like a work situation that's professional and dynamic. And even if you're not a professional stance, you already do sometimes come across, um, you know, the judgments. I'm, I read this amazing book, by the way, that deals with this called Lean In. And it's written by um, the woman, actually, that's the COO for Facebook. And she talks about how automatically you assume Oh, she, like, as a woman, and this is all based on, and it's not me just making assumptions, it's based on fact. But um, she says, like, automatically, as a woman, you you have a lot going against you, and like, oh, is she going to fuck her way to the top? Or sleeping with coworkers, or men and women can't be friends at work, because, you know, they, it's like this whole thing. If, if you're a person in general that um, wants to kind of begin to change the consistent thinking, you should uh, check out that book. Uh, if you'd like to so specifically the stigma against women it's not it's it's just about how to overcome it's for men and women but how in society we lay these these um these kind of power ideas about what a powerful person looks like in the workplace Mm. and they typically are um male gendered and but also we 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 kind of shame men for being stay-at-home dads as a society um there's no support groups for men that choose to be stay-at-home fathers for their children um just as there are um women when they have babies 
get, you know, um, this like, oh, they won't take a promotion because they're pregnant. This is so, yeah, just social norms and stigmas. Right. Yeah. So I'm getting off on a tangent. I'm sorry. The principle of the matter is, in general, as a female-bodied individual, you have some, there's some ideas um, like surrounding women in the workplace as it is. So I'd highly recommend for your own sake, unless you truly love this person and want to like be in this, you know, relationship with them and talk about it openly with your, you know, with the the powers that be, if it's just sex, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd hold off cause it's just going to complicate things in my opinion, in my experience. I mean, for me, my personal opinion would be fuck all the shame that anyone gives you about what you're going to do, whether you're a woman or a man or however you identify um, just because you might get a reputation because people are conformist assholes that, you know, buy into the whole belief of who you should be and they want to make a judgment against you. I don't think that that's a reason to m to not make choices that your heart desires. But what I do agree with is um, the workplace can't I mean you're it can get really messy it can just get what is the don't dip your pen in the company that's what, what I always say yeah. I always say that don't dip your or don't shit where you eat don't yeah. shit where you eat and yeah. that's I, dude, it can just get really messy I've been there and it yeah. gets messy and it's and especially let's say let's say best case scenario both of you can communicate you have sex it's cool and then it ends you know it's like this and it's cool like you you both have this agreement that okay that was fun I got dominated he's awesome or the person I think male-bodied person um is awesome dominating loved it he, super yeah, fun yeah. so um with that being said that's cool that's the best case scenario I don't know how frequently that can really happen because humans are humans we have feelings sometimes one more person's more emotionally invested and it just can get messy as you said yeah. and so I mean you can go off on a million different you know scenarios of what could happen but in my experience I would I wouldn't recommend um, yeah. and that. And on that note, actually, this person that sent this M did say they actually have slept with people at work before. And okay. so it doesn't sound like all hell broke loose. Okay. So it's all good. So That's um, cool then. So, so if, and I would say if you, I, my, my advice would be if you're going to sleep with someone at work to have a conversation with them beforehand. Like, what are our intentions here? And like, how can we not get weird after? You know, it's it, maybe go listen to Reed's casual sex episode because he has a lot of good conversation protocol for those conversations about casual sex, if that's what your intention is. Um, it never hurts to talk about the sex you're going to have before you have it. You know, what happens after? What is our relationship going to be like? How can we not be uncomfortable with each other? How can we still respect each other? Are we allowed to tell anyone? You know, so have these conversations before if it is something that you're going to do. Um, and then if you choose to do it, then respect whatever agreements that you just made with that person. And um, then the piece that that was stated about um, the fear of the of the dom because you're worried that you'll enjoy it too much. My personal opinion is enjoy like enjoy that, enjoy yeah. away. No, yeah. Making choices out of fear, for, in my opinion, is what gets us stuck. It, right. it really holds us back from experiencing that the expansiveness and all the yumminess that is available to you. So maybe your fear is there's more fear there. Like maybe look beyond that. Is is the fear that you'll enjoy it too much? Is there is there more there is their fear of um i don't know rejection of you'll be too into them and they won't be too into you and you might actually not get all that you want that it'll be a one-time thing but you'll be so into it and they won't want to sleep with you again or whatever it is um and and really approach it from that space but not from i'm not going to do something because i'm scared that i'm gonna like it too much that's just my opinion yeah yeah i think especially if you phrased it like that because obviously 
you're into it. Yeah. Like just by phrasing, but just by saying that your, your instinct is to assume or, you know, believe that you're going to like it too much. So I'd say check it out. And have that conversation. Yeah. And this applies to, like, like with what Reed says, all casual sex, whether it's in the workplace or not, how can we talk about things and negotiate beforehand so that things aren't messy later on and not just make all these assumptions? That, and that's, of what it, right. And yeah. that's the messy part that, that comes up that, I, that you want to avoid. And I feel like um, you can be a really good communicator. You just have to make sure the other person's on the same page. Yeah. Um, so even if you are an exceptional person of, you know, um, integrity, just do things out of integrity too. And remember yeah. that, keep your integrity. Yeah. Um, so if it's something that is out of integrity, maybe reevaluate and maybe, um, you know, save it for outside the workplace. Yeah. And integrity is, um, is, you know, integrity with your word would be whatever you agree to or commit to, you follow through with that. And that's yes. what we mean by integrity. What question do you have? I know you got some over there. I have some, um, this one's really it's a it's a great question um subject is open relationship trauma so i was with a partner for two years in which probably two-thirds of it was in an open relationship which involved a significant amount of deceit cheating and other very traumatic and hurtful behavior um, by my partner after a time apart we have reconnected and are now in an exclusive monogamous relationship i am not innocent in our situation, but he seems to have dealt with his side of things and is ready to move forward in building a future together. Because our past is so full of hurt and lacks so much trust, I have so many triggers and insecurities. I have no idea how to move forward with this person I love so very much. Any help would be so greatly appreciated. And yeah, that's the question. And I actually don't have the first letter of this person's name. I just have the subject, but we'll give them A for awesome. A for awesome. Um, great question though, because I actually suffer from from that in in my situation, and not because um, of deceit and cheating on my partner's end that I was with um, prior to my current relationship, but because of my own, um, which is of, of, of things that you've done, things that uh-huh. I did that were um, not out of integrity, yeah. as we just said, things that um, I had an affair as I've mentioned in the beginning of my um you know podcast outing my shame which has been really healing for me but um from there I was always a very as you you've known me for a long time now and through several different relationships a very pretty secure human like I, I like myself so um for me I believe that um and Amy's going to have recommendations, but I can feel like it, it was hard for me to move forward in, re- in a new relationship based on my own insecurities about what I had done to my partner before. So I like stuff would come up like, is he cheating? If I could do that, anybody's capable of that because I was so secure in my relationship. And then I went out outside of it, outside of my promise to be a monogamous human to my partner. And I cheated and had this affair. And so from that has sprung a lot of deep internal things I have had to process and go through. And it's been, um, a journey for me, but it's been really powerful. And I encourage you to, um, as Amy will probably talk about, like use some of the tools that, um, like that I've done like a lot of self work to kind of get, as I like continue you do your to do healing with yourself. Right? Yes. And yeah. so I can kind of be like, Hey, what am I really stressing on? Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you're choosing to move forward with this person, you have, in my opinion, it's best and it's going to come and go, but it's best to be like, okay, I, you know, obviously maybe not going to fully trust you all the time because things come up, but I'm going to do my best to like talk to you about the stuff that comes up for me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been trying to do. And it's hard. 
So, um, what do they say? It's um, that the the things that we judge in other people are usually what we're judging in ourselves. Yep. So, you know, if you're judging someone else, like, oh, my God, I can't believe. Or even probably with trust, too. I'm not trusting this person because they're reminding me of something I don't like in myself. Or, right. Totally. You know, 100%. Yeah. You mm-hmm. nailed nailed it. And maybe, so let's just say, let's pretend that this person that sent this to us has never cheated on their partner and actually doesn't have any of that stuff because we don't really know. Um, so perhaps this this person that sent this to us, uh, it's only been on that other end where the other person was the only one that um, lied and there was a lot of deceit and um, and cheating or whatever. You know, trauma. It's trauma that happened. And so and so what I'm hearing is that, that you were together, it was open, there was trauma that happened, and now this person wants to be with you. Are they stating they want to be them with them monogamously? Then? Yeah, th- that's okay. what they said. They said basically yeah, okay. that, yeah, they... Okay. they had all of the the um, trauma and they went through it, but now they're choosing both of them to be in a monogamous okay. um, relationship. Yes. All right. So I can resonate with this because I've been in some very similar circumstances. If you listen to the last podcast and um, we answered a question, open relationships and poly, and I talked about how I've dabbled with open and poly and they, um, they the open for a while was actually I thought successful, but actually it really never was because my partner was not being honest with me. Uh, but I thought it was going really well. We spent hours negotiating and I was like, so good about being within boundaries. It was, I was like so proud of it. And then I found out that they weren't practicing with me, um, which it really takes. So, so what happened with me was very similar where we had, you know, played around with these things. And, uh, I actually, at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure I'm more capable of open than my partner is. Uh, I have the ability to connect with a lot of people and to um, and to you know love it. Love and a you're lot an of exceptional people. communicator. I'm you great, really are, and so is my partner. But but I'm I'm more open and just I don't I don't want to say more than him. I don't like we, uh, I won't speak for him. I will say that I do have the capacity for it, and it's exhausting to me. And be in like my own relationship with myself can be exhausting and my own relationship with just one other person can be exhausting. So I actually just don't want to deal with it. And I'm really, really loving just being with my partner. I absolutely adore them. And I want to put all of my work into that relationship because it's so special and it's constantly growing and unfolding. So anyways, that's another tangent. Apparently this is the tangent episode. (laughs) Uh, But what I will say is there was a lot of trauma that happened. A lot of lying, uh, a lot of hurt, a lot of deceit, a lot of feelings of um, not being chosen, not being important, not being valued, not being special, being manipulated. Feeling this way. You felt this way. These are feelings that I had, right? That all, you know, traumas that that came up. And um, even though a lot of this stuff happened, uh, and, you know, there was a big gap in in our relationship where we actually had to separate for a while with no contact at all, um, he did come back and, and say, similar to this, what this person's experiencing, that he wants to fully choose this and choose me so that we talked about this on the last episode. That's really big. I choose no, you. I don't think I don't we did. We, I think here. you and I talked about it. We did. We talked about choose. Uh, we Very briefly on the last episode, okay. we said it's, it's a choice. It's an, it's an option to be with each other. And, Sometimes and we talk about things outside yeah. of it. And I'm like, did, like we, was that, which we, was, did we record that? I think we did. Well, I don't think whatever. so. We're doing it now. I know <laughs> now we are. Yeah. So yes, but sorry, I I think that we might have not so, recorded it. So but. I mean, that's huge to for someone to choose you and and to also. But the next step that he also proposed was, I fully choose this. I have no doubts about you. I've doubted everyone in my past because I've been fearful, but I want to fully commit to this. And and that was everything I'd wanted to hear for four years. Right. And. And even though there was all this trauma, I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm in. I'm madly in love with this person. And we still have so much that I want to build. And 
Um, and that's a risk right there because we had all this stuff. But I, and while I do do believe he's been doing a lot of work to get to where he is, and part one important thing for me, and that I would say to this person that we're speaking to, um, is that I I personally don't believe that someone can just come back like I'm changed and that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm all in. That I would personally want to see that person continue to do the work. I'd want to see them going to see a therapist or a life coach or be in a men's group or a women's group or all of the above to constantly show you and to themselves that they're working on themselves because no one is just like perfectly healed all of a sudden. It's just like we're always working. And I think also that work would, would give you some reassurance. And aside from that, there's that piece, which is what I'm seeing with my partner. They're doing so much work on themselves. And in fact, they're teaching me how to be in integrity these days. They're blowing my mind about it. Um, and for you two together, yeah, trust has been broken and you will you be triggered. And uh, as you recommit to this relationship, your partner... Um, I would advise them to be on board for supporting you when you get triggered to not, you know, because they're signing up for that. Some shit happened that was created, sounds like, based on some choices that they made. And they're choosing to be with you, so they're also choosing to support you through your hurt. And your hurt's going to come up, and you need a space to vocalize it. We've talked a lot about how to vocalize hurt lovingly, and that's going to be really important for you to use in those moments and for your partner to use in, in receiving you. And... Don't do it alone. Go find an epic therapist or a sex and relationship coach. Neutral um, party. Yeah, neutral yeah. party. I just talked about someone that guides Shem's Hartwell. His work does really great work with men and couples. I work with people too. Um, if when, if you have a whole bunch of stuff that it makes it so triggers come up and communication is hard, get support and don't try to do it all on your own. And and really just just out the hurt when it comes up when you're triggered you it's it needs space to be shared because if you hide it it's just going to build in you and it doesn't reaffirm that your your heart and your space is worthy of space right it's it and i mean you 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 need to go through it you need to to bring it to the table so that's a lot of needs, but it's true. So you know I, what they say: behind every great human, there's a great therapist. Yes, and then a third. I don't think therapist as a therapist. <laughs> I and know. Therapist. I actually had a therapist for a while, and then I um, just like you know, life happens, and I'm like, wait, it's been like a month, two months, three months. I'm like, wait a second. So it's always just good for just to process with somebody that's neutral and just can give you more tools that yeah. you. It's not like oh, and I'm I feel broken. Like, well, that, that and I grew up in the Midwest, and we've talked about this, and it's like. The, like feelings of weakness, like it was always related to weakness. And I really, I despise that mentality now when people say that. I'm like, no, actually, it's really healthy to have somebody to talk to yeah. about your, because like, you're not alone. So there's no, it's not, it's never asking for help is not weak. It's actually, in my mind, like, like is amazing to me. I'm like, wow, that it's person really brave. cares about themselves. Yeah. And it's brave and it's courageous. And, and yeah. And this goes hand in hand with what we were talking about. I think that was the last episode. Now I'm getting confused. I but know. about how we were living in community before and now we're living, you know, the whole sex at dawn thing. Oh, yes. Like we were always designed to be living in community and supported by each other. Maybe you're right. Maybe we did talk about that. We've I don't been know. talking a lot. I know. Yeah. We have. Yeah. But, but, it's, it, but yeah, it was, it's, it's not, so we weren't designed to go and like crawl in our dark hole and be in pain alone. You That's, know, that's why in prison, where's the the worst place you can possibly is like solitary yeah. confinement because yeah. we need other humans. Especially we do. Especially when we're going through hard things. We have, when we have heavies, then there's, and, and part of that is we're conditioned to think that our heavies aren't worth space and we don't want to be too emotional or blah, 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 blah. But it needs space. And it, when you're with a partner who has been 
Um, a part of those heavies, it is also important for them to, to fully sign on to support you in that. And they'll probably be triggered, too. If your heavies keep coming up, this happens to me. It's like just like when we think we're, d- we're done with some of the old trauma that happened a year ago, a trigger will happen, and we're like, oh, yeah, we're still working on this. Be easy on yourself. Yeah. I'm har- so hard on myself all the time, and, and I remember. I'm like, I, I am imperfectly perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be that way. There's no... They, there's no such thing as perfect and and I'm like an exceptional perfectionist I, and I, I pride myself on you know writing perfect grammatical emails and if I can't do something like with a hundred percent I like can't you know fucking sleep at night so um yeah but I realized like it's okay to go back and reevaluate yourself and look like and like be like okay this is coming up for me again even though it's like thought we were through this and that's happened to me in my current relationship where it's like I thought we were through this and I'm like I did too but now I realize that I'm not yeah. And I need to talk about it. And I just want to, I want, I want you to know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, and believe me, like for me and, 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 and I don't know, like, it seems like a lot of our listeners are awesome. Like with like wanting to do the self work for me, it took time and there was so much shame for me and like asking for help and crying and getting in touch with the stuff. But it like, it's hard, but the breakthroughs after you have them are so fucking amazing. Well, and the and, connection that you and get. And the connection and like, and I it's hard for me to like feel like safe sometimes to talk about my shit because how I grew up how I was raised it was like don't cry don't be a little bitch basically you know and it's like the opposite of now how I'm living and thank god that like at some point like I you know thank goddesses thank god thank the gato universe that I had access to this my brain thought outside of my my wounding because I could have been like Wisconsin and I don't know making the casseroles <laughs> I love your accent when you do that I made a casserole for Thanksgiving what was it it was amazing <laughs> you sound like you're so special I got this <laughs> a casserole. casserole yeah um do you know what they call a casserole in Minnesota what hot dish <laughs> that was gonna be a joke no it's um, not that's what they call it is that where they call soda pop yep yeah, so shout out to the, the Midwest, pop. yo. So right. I like how I just got really deep and then I went, I went into, that's me doing my runaway tactics, by the way. That's what I do. I'm like, oh, am I starting to get deep? I'm starting to want to cry. Hey, guess joke. what? I have a joke. And just kidding. Hey. I'm funny. What one side boob say the other side boob? Perk up. We think we're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next I should question. let you do that. No, it's good. You're, that's fine. I like it. All right. Next question. Anyways, I stole that joke from you. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Tangents, tangents, tangents. D asks, can you discuss on the show the consequences and permanence of some of the stretching on body orifices? Would you also speak on piercings, their purpose, and physical benefits, if any other than adornment? Um, And I, this was a part of an email with a person asking about butt plugs and things. So I want to um, to start this with, if you're doing something that you, you know, sexually and and you can feel what's going on. So you're not using numbing things or whatever, and you don't feel pain. Most likely it's not going to hurt your body. If you do something where you feel pain, stop what you're doing. Unless it's that consensual pain. Like I want you to spank my ass and it hurts, but I'm into it. Um, but like, so say for butt plugs, right? If you're doing some sort of anal insertion, you feel pain. It should never, ever hurt because the pain is where the problem comes in. There can be tearing, you know, stretching, whatever. Um, but it, and that's why we don't recommend numbing things for those things. So, um, so stretching of you know permanent stretching the consequences. You know you can put a whole fist in someone's ass 
and it's not going to stretch out the asshole permanently. It goes back to what it once was. It just opens and closes, just like when you know a woman has a baby, the body closes again, and maybe the muscles have changed from all the contractions and like you know birthing a big sh- set of shoulders out of there. <laughs> it's I didn't know where you were going plenty. with that. A big set of shoulders. I mean, that's the head thickest part. It's not the head. It's the shoulders. I thought the right? head. Were, is no, it the head or I, the shoulders? The head. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the head because the baby's. Look, I'm no, I'm no OBGYN, but um, <laughs> like from what I've seen, birthing videos and things, the it's head's always the, the head. biggest thing. So That's why they dilate to that certain. So once you get through the head, smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my shoulders are really big because I got big old I think shoulders. I just said that because looking at you, I mean, yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> your shoulders. I'm a 36 bust, yo. They proud. would be hard to birth. She's you, ripped. She's been working out a lot. So, anyways, tangents. <laughs> All right. So stretching, um, the body can stretch a lot. Orifices, the ass, the pussy, it can stretch a lot. And as long as there is not pain involved, no tearing, um, it will go back to whatever and it was. And slow but steady wins the race with this whole game. Yeah, like when I'm talking about putting a fist in someone's ass, it can. It usually takes a lot of loop, a lot of breathing, and maybe like an hour to get that whole thing in. You know, it's totally. And process. people, I think, aren't aware of that. They just like assume all of these um they make assumptions yeah Yeah, they're like oh but it's definitely it will go back but they're also you know there's like this whole that rosebud have you like the the one that the anus is a rosebud thing from porn stars um have you heard of this i don't know what you're talking about porn stars get the rosebud thing oh oh it changes the like the kind of comes the um the anal tissues kind of yes but that is from from that's a lot of a lot of like penetration and the way that they're having sex in anal porn is heavy pounding so i think that's when that stuff can happen which isn't what assholes like anyways it's just yeah don't learn from porn no no but i'm bringing that up because that could be that that's i hear you yeah i had some freak out because i saw that on porn and i was like i don't want that to happen to my bum and then realizing that oh that's n- that's atypical that happens because yeah. of the heavy pounding porn in the is ass. not your sex educator right. the, at the no. end of the day what what it comes down to is as long as you're listening to your body and your body says i'm not feeling pain you're probably all good discomfort's a little different you know when you're working with a muscle especially when it comes to anal you have to relax the muscle you can feel discomfort but if there's pain stop what you're doing slow down add more lube um and it, so this applies to all the orifices in, in regards to what you're doing um, piercings. So would you also speak to piercings, their purpose and physical? But you, you had sex with the piercing ones. I've never had sex with the piercing. Prince Albert. Yeah. Piercing. And so, um, not Prince Albert of England, but so that was, what, is, what was the Prince Albert again? It so that's through. through. So I actually asked him, this guy, um, Scotland, <laughs> call him Scotland, 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 um, freedom, <laughs> um, how that works. So they take like an apple core and they, stick it in the, like, it looks like it's a smaller than an apple core, but it, like they stick it in the, um, urethra. Wait, what? How does it open that much? Uh, a full apple core? No, it's it looks like an apple. Oh, it's okay. a mini apple core looking thing, but it's oh. like like almost like a wine opener kind of thing. Ooh, and they geez. literally grind it out, and that's and then they clip it. And he was uncircumcised, um, but so it like they pull back, they they put pull back the skin, and then it goes through that the urethra, and then um, through the top, or no, through the friend. The, where the frenulum is, the bottom. Uh, yeah. um, and that was really interesting. The only thing I will say with the piercings, having sex with a piercing, um, pierced penis, is that it does break condoms. So you have to be really careful, uh, yeah. especially if you're, if you're you know, having um, sex with somebody and you're not fluid bonded with them and you're choosing to use condoms. Just be aware that that piercing could cause. It feels really great, though. For you receiving? For receiving. Yeah. 
Like, it felt great, but it did break a condom, which freaked me out. But that was my only complaint. So then he took it out. So we had sex with it a few times and it was really cool because it felt definitely like um, you could feel it uh, on the G spot, like as you're thrusting from what I remember. Granted, um, a little while ago. Yeah, and I, I had my period, too, so I was extra sensitive when oh we yeah. were having red sex. Wings. Scotland yeah. red wings. I remember this. <laughs> Scotland. Scotland got yeah. those red wings. So, but, so it, maybe it was extra sensitive at yeah. that point, because I know that um, it was period sex, but I will say it did feel pretty um, awesome. Um, that was a vacation hookup, and it wasn't a regular thing, so... Um, as far as sex with piercings go, I've had friends with clitoral piercings that absolutely said it just changed the whole game of like um, extra sensitivity. It just heightens. Well, and it kind of lifts the hood, right? If you get mm-hmm. a, because it's the hood that gets pierced. And so it kind of pull, like pulls it up a little bit and more. And it just it creates the extra blood flow, which yeah. can be really interesting. And they can be easily irritated, though. Like my friend that got yeah. a clit piercing, that thing did not want to heal for the life of them. I'm pretty sure you can't have sex for a while because it's just adding bacteria to an area that needs to be... I'm actually not sure about, yeah, the recovery time for that, but um, I don't know. She w- she she swore by it. She loved it. Yeah. And yeah. she'd show anybody that wanted to see, like, in a bar. Of course, yeah. Here's I'm like, my clip. all right, yeah. I like it. That's what um, my friend did. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, like, part of the process. Yeah. Like, yeah, look at what I just Wanna got. Want to see my clip? I've had friends with nipple piercings, too, that... Um, like my old co- my old colleague had his nipples pierced, and he always said that that really did um, just like kind of it's more sensitivity. Yeah, yeah. just changed the like um, like he loved when his nipples were licked, pierced versus unpierced. Yeah, and you know what you can also do because of the metal sticking out, you can take other things like a vibrator to it, mm. you know, or like the, even some people take the neon wand with the little electrodes. Oh yeah, so those things is pretty intense, and you can do that just on the skin too. But people will play with. With um with the piercings in terms of adding other sensations to it from other tools, I think that um the person Scotland uh, also said that he felt like because I asked him what his sensation was and he felt like he I think because um of the position that it's at he just got the frenulum stimulation so it made the blood flow again um, more s- sensitivity it engages more of the nerves that are the nerve endings that are in the head with the mm-hmm. penis so yeah. Was the question about like if they should get a piercing? No, they said just asking us to speak on it on piercings, their purpose, physical benefits. So I was thinking about like the fetish piercing. Like in my head, when you had read that question, You're I was thinking about, about piercing play. Yes, that's what mm, I was looking at it as. I don't think that's that, and I wouldn't be able to really speak on that. Me you? neither, but yeah. I, that's why I was going. I was like, I have nothing to contribute. And then when you asked oh, yeah. me, I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I do. That the, the yeah. dick piercing. Well, there, yeah, and I don't think that's what they're speaking to. But there is, there is in in the um, the fetish and kink world, right? There's a piercing play where there's uh, people are um, either being pierced like I've actually seen this live where um, someone who really knows what they're doing this woman Cleo Dubois and I believe her partner is like world renowned piercer mm. um, I forgot his name is like Fakir I think and um, I've seen her do piercing play in a workshop where she'll take very well sterilized needles and she knows how to work with them and she will uh, pierce pierce people's skin you know consensually as part of this this show and this person that's being pierced loves the sensation of it and they've even like pierced cor- a corset in their skin so the I saw that goes. picture yeah. of that mm. that was insane yeah there's in this so in in for some of you that are like oh my god that sounds crazy you know some Might people you, right? enjoy it it's the right. sensation it's maybe there's like some power play in there and it's done in a consensual a very safe way by these people 
Um, she definitely knows what she's doing and the people that are receiving it are loving it. And so. that's the beauty of it. It's yeah. all consensual, awesome. Like yeah. people are like, yes. Yeah. So cool. That was a great that was a good question. What you got, Chip? You got one? I got another one. Okay. This is going out on a limb. So growing up in a religious household has stunted me in some ways, a lot of which I have dealt with. The one thing that has been the most difficult, however, is the feeling that I am a poor opener. Even when I have been in relationships, knowing that the person I am with wants to have sex with me, finding a way to confidently ask or suggest we have sex has always been an awkward and challenging thing to initiate. I do feel turned on when I am the one who is pursued, and yes, I can do a better job of, communica of communication in that aspect. I do know that there are women who would rather have me be the one to initiate, though. I know it was a conv convoluted way to say it, but what's a guy to do if he has a hard time going out on a limb? That's from R. Thanks, R. So, yes. And, Amy, I know you've tried to help me because I have, I, I was tell telling you when, when we were going over these questions that I have initiation challenges myself. So, I was going to, um, love to hear some of your suggestions i tend to because of previous experiences i um never had to initiate sex in um, prior relationships and it was always like on me it just you know presented like i had and you never had partners that asked you to initiate they never said i really wish you no, initiate sometime never oh yeah that's the thing now i do yeah yeah so i'm like <laughs> oh i don't Shit. know i'm like ah, what do i do i'm like okay and i am like I'm I'm kind of kind of a nerd girl, nerdy kind of girl, you know. Like I'm like, what do I do? Like I start making jokes because I get scared. So <laughs> I'll be like, oh, your deco wants me. All so right. it's not sexy. <laughs> no, there's nothing sexy about. It. And then I'm like, this is awkward. I feel awkward. Well, what I okay, I think first of all, we're overanalyzing. And actually, I will say too, I um, with the person this this person that sent in this question and with you. I'm very similar. I because I identify as more of like a submissive. I get really turned on by being pursued and in fact like approached and dominated and told what to do. So what really in a lot of times what's happening for me is, you know, my um, I don't I you know my I don't my 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 partner has a whole bunch of testosterone, so they're feeling sex drive more often than I am. So at the end of the day, you know, they're feeling the sex drive, and mine is kind of like really turned on by them giving me their sexual energy and, and instigating yes. it yeah and i did some work on this but but as i say that my partner still really wants um it me to initiate sometimes not all the time they're totally cool doing it like 80 percent of the time but they still want to feel that sometimes they want to feel wanted and desired and actually i had a past partner that really wanted that too and i remember meeting with charlie glickman and asking him that you know i'm you know i identify as a sub how does a sub initiate? It just doesn't seem to really make sense. And, and maybe you don't identify as a sub, but how does someone who's usually getting turned on by having someone else initiate or isn't always confident in initiating, um, what do they do? So what Charlie said was that subs and people that are fearful of rejection and you know anyone can initiate. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, and there's a couple of different tools for initiating. Um, number one, we're overthinking things. We're thinking that we need to say all the right things and the perfect things and have the sexy talk and, oh, baby, I just want to suck your dick right now, whatever, however you want to do it. 
we can initiate, you know, if, if the words are scary, you can initiate without talking. You can just start touching. And I actually did this the other day with my partner and he loved it. He was just laying on this. We were, when we were in Hawaii, he was laying on this couch thing reading and I it had decided in my head, I actually wasn't even particularly horny. I was just like, I'm going to initiate because I want to connect with him. And I know that I'll get really aroused because he always, you know, gets my motor going pretty quickly. But I'm going to initiate. So what I did was, I, as he's reading, he's kind of laying down. I just straddled my legs over him and then took my hand under the bottom of his shirt and just started slowly gliding up his shirt, up his chest, and then made his way like, up his neck and just started touching him. And then he just set the book down and, you know, then we started making out and I initiated and he loved it. He's like, that felt so good to receive that from you. So if the conversation is scary, you can just start touching and vice versa. If the touching is scary, then you can start talking and start saying, like, I want, I just want to rip your clothes off right now. Or, um, and this is the, one of the other cool things that Charlie taught me is that, um, so even subs, right? Subs are kind of waiting for someone else to take them. But subs can actually initiate by offering themselves to be taken. So say I knock on my partner's door and I'm just wearing like some sort of trench coat. You know, it's like that old, that like silly cliche fantasy, completely naked underneath. And they open the door and I just open up the trench coat and I don't even have to say anything. I just initiated but just offered myself and now they take me. I can show up in a sexy little schoolgirl outfit and just bend over and then I maybe say I've been a bad girl, whatever, and then they can take me. And so initiation is so simple. It's the first person that says, hey, do you want to play, right? Like, And you don't even have to do it by saying it. It can just be a gesture. It can be a touch. It can be a motion. Now that's so that's one part. It's really, it's, it's really, it's a, it can, a matter of seconds of just letting someone know, I want you right now, or I'm here to be taken by you right now. It can go both ways. Now, the when people are fearful of rejection, so there's the fear of if I offer myself, I might be turned down. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, everyone goes through that at different times. I definitely have moments where that, that comes into play. Um, and I would suggest, if it's possible, to learn how to get as comfortable as you possibly can be with rejection and if you get rejected by a partner in a way that feels shaming to um have a a healthy conversation with them that that teaches them and gets to a point where you get to convey your hurt so that they know how to speak to you to let you know hey i'm not really wanting to have sex right now in a way that's loving and not shaming because not everyone's going to be on the same page right so i can go get all naked in this cute little outfit and bend myself over my partner and they're reading and they can be like oh you're cute but i really just want to keep reading and i can interpret that in five million ways i could be like oh my god they don't like my body. They don't think I'm sexy right now. I'm never doing this again. I just got rejected. I just put in this really cute outfit for them. I'm never doing, I'm just, I, I'm a, and then I go and shame myself. That's my, my doing. Creating the stories. There's lots of stories. And, but instead, I can look at them and say, okay, I, 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 see, I see that you want to read. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually going through a little hurt right now. And so I'm going to go and take care of myself right now like there i just want to be transparent that there's a little hurt right now and i want to respect you because you get to choose what you do with your body and you know you want to read then that's i totally respect that and um, i'm just feeling a little hurt right now and i just want to be transparent about that and then you two probably going processing at some point maybe not then maybe it's like okay well let's talk about that a little later or in this moment or maybe you don't feel that you're, you're able 
to sell, tell yourself, all right, yeah, they just want to read. It's not me, it's them. They want to read, and it's all good. So the more we can get over the rejection, um, the easier it's going to be or have room for it to, and, you know, to take risks. And when it comes to the world of dating, this is one thing that's, that I think is really useful, too, is to get comfortable with rejection there. And so if you're, you're poor opener, just like you meet someone you know, out and about in public and you want to let them know that you're interested, um, it, it, you mean, first of all, you're taking a risk. And so a lot of people don't even make that initial move because they're afraid of rejection, right? So to get comfortable with rejection, I've actually given people this homework, single people. Go out and purposely hit on someone that you know is going to reject you with the intention of, I know I'm going to get rejected. And when, I, when they say, hopefully they're nice about it, but when they say, no, thank you, or I have a partner or whatever, hopefully they're not an asshole about it, say thank you to them. You know, thank you. I remember you when you were single and I was in a relationship and, and you were talking to me about just totally putting yourself out there regularly yeah. with, with, with people that you were like, just had hit up on Facebook or something like, hey, oh, yes. I like your dog or whatever. Yeah. You know, I would, I would well, I, I, in person, what I would say to people, if I was out and about somewhere and there was someone that I was attracted to, I would just go up to them and say, like, I think you're really cute, you know, or whatever. And then you know, sometimes I don't want to hear cute. You're really hot. What's going yeah. on? You know, whatever it is, whatever you want to say, I let them know. I like, like your pickle. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's my pickup line. Hey, I like your pickle. Oh, gosh. <laughs> She's still learning. <laughs> That's good. That's not a good one. That's not working for you. I mean, I would laugh. And then maybe that would be a good opener because then I would, if you, know, if you said it to someone who doesn't have a sense of humor, <laughs> I don't want to be with them anyway. So I'd be like, thanks. Or yeah. Maybe they're weeding like, them out. She wants to suck my dick. She wants to suck my pickle. <laughs> my pickle. But meanwhile, he is eating a big giant dill. <laughs> Good. Uh, you're fu- you're funny today, Chip. <laughs> this is like the tangent comedy show over here. Oh God! Yes. All right, <clears throat> good point though. Yeah. So, so homework. <laughs> Go in. First of all, taking risks. So, and this is the other thing I do when and when I and when I hit on people or flirt with people or even when I go on a date with someone and it seems like they like me and then they ghost me. You know, like later they just disappear and they're not into me. It still I thought you were just in the bathroom. He <laughs> <laughs> never came back. <laughs> yeah. And he ordered the prime fucking rib. <laughs> not stuck with the bill. Okay, not that. I've never had that happen. No, but, you know, it, even in those circumstances, it's I still feel the hurt. And deep down, I, what I tell myself is like, well... All right, I'm not for everyone. And it's not and it's totally not meant yeah. to be. Not meant and to be. It's not, not a big deal. It doesn't mean anything about my weirdness. I'm not for everyone. I am fucking sexy as fuck. Yeah. And I'm not for everyone. And that's where the self-love comes in. Remember, um, to R that wrote out going out going out on a limb, this email. Um, starts with yourself. Like, look yeah. in the mirror, do that power pose, know that you are awesome. And rejection happens. And every time you feel like you need to pick yourself back up, just go and give yourself some self-love. Do the work yeah. that that's going to help you um, feel okay. At first, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel Yeah, hard, you're going to feel your hurt, and, but, but reminding yourself that it's not about you. And what is, Charlie Glickman says, that rejection isn't a rejection of you. It's a, um, a declined opportunity. Mm-hmm. So they're not, because they don't know who the fuck you are. You Might be like, not right now, but maybe later. 
<laughs> well, and if they're if like, let's talk about two strangers, and someone's like, "Hey, I think you're really beautiful. Do you want to go on a date sometime?" And the other person says no, and they're like, "Oh, they rejected me." They don't know who you are. Right. They didn't reject who you really are. They don't know your inner workings. They rejected this opportunity in the moment of whatever their brain decided who you are, which isn't even accurate. So it isn't really a rejection of you, your and true you. There's th the beauty about living in this day and age, which I said before, and I'll say again, which I haven't explored, but um, you can also have like the the apps that help you find people if you're you oh, know yeah. feeling Tinder. like yeah if you're out and, and you're not feeling like okay th then you can sort of organically or <laughs> non-organically I guess that is go into this knowing that you already have a match with this person on whatever level it is whether it's uh, personality orientation because don't they have websites that do well, that the, the webs the web based ones are better at doing that because there's so much more information you can put in them right. whereas like Tinder and Bumble are li literally like some photos and statements so based on first like the, the your pictures or whatever yeah. but that can just be an opener of conversation right so you see that you start having a conversation and and then from there as you get to know people then you decide if you want to continue right meet, that's, you know, but meet that's another way that maybe like if you're feeling like you are um you know apprehensive about putting yourself out there in a public place openly face to face um you could do it with the the online. websites that are online yeah. sites that are available i mean i have a lot of friends that have success with that a lot of oh, them totally yeah, yeah. and take just just take risks like learn to be comfortable with rejection remember that it's not about you as as a being like they don't even someone who actually know, like really knows you they still don't really know everything about right. you and so it's not a full rejection of your and inner being i'll tell you like from a personal standpoint from someone that hasn't put myself out there um you know as much as um a lot like as much as you have which is commendable to, to me amy that you have put yourself out there so much but um the the pursuants that have pursued me in the past being like really um I don't know. Confident mm. has been a huge turn on where I'm like, damn. Confidence means it makes, uh, is very important, but not now. There's there is such thing as too much confidence. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. And then and actually, I wouldn't yes, call it sure. too much confidence. I call it when confidence turns into arrogance and cockiness, right? Which is usually coming actually out of insecurity, right? So, but when someone's trying to to um, compensate for some other stuff by being like. You know, all whatever. Hey, yeah, I'm. I'm awesome. I have this fancy car. No, 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 look well, at me, look no, at me. but like just belief in them themselves. Confidence, I think, yeah. like, right, right. Arrogance is yeah. a whole different yeah. ball game. But I'd say, like, my ex husband and I, like, his he really was like just so pursuant. Like, he went there, and I, I, I was just like in shock because I'd been so used to a different type of, um, you know, dating tactics, if you will, like the approach, like the classic way, and he was just really. Um, I don't know, like, like, just consistent in like what he wanted, and so and he wasn't fearful he got, of no. the loss. He was just like, of, I want to be with you. Yeah. Um, if you, you know. said no, he would have been able to work with that or work through that, and and that's the thing. You know, we're not going to die if we get rejected. We're not going to die if someone breaks up with us. We're not going to die when our heart breaks from some from someone. It's going to hurt like hell, and it might hurt for a long time, but you are going to survive. And actually. From the pain comes rebirth, comes mm. something usually that you, you can help you glow later. And um, yeah, and especially, in, and I can speak from the the workplace scenario, like rejection and in, in it, it hurts sometimes. I get rejected sales, you know, mm. um, calls and I'm like, I, I kill, I slay at this. And then I'm like, wait, you don't want it? Why why don't you want it? It must I don't be the rejection of me. So I just do, I do a whole thing where I'm like, okay, this isn't about me. I said, okay, now's not the time. Let's reevaluate later. So. Yeah. If there's somebody, maybe obviously when you're out in you know a public space, a restaurant or whatever, you're not going to see that person ever again. So even better way to yeah. try. Um, maybe someone that you're pursuing um, 
a friend or that you have interest in or a friend of a friend or whoever, maybe it's just the key is like, okay, it's not right now. Maybe they're in a, a space of non, you know, non dating or they don't yeah. want to go out right now, but I can pursue this later. And There's so many things that so many things. happening, but just yeah. know that like stay confidence is key. Like look in that mirror, love yourself. It's the self love thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it always comes back to that. Yeah. And knowing and- that you are, you and of course, easier said worthy. than done because you can't depress the self love button. But no, there's work that you can do around it. A lot of work, and I think our podcast speaks to a lot of that work. Yes. And I have one last point, just on the um, the dating thing. One last tip for people who feel like they're not a great opener in the dating realm. Um, if you maybe try reframing dating as to as opposed to because. I do believe that we are magnetic. You know, what it is, what we're putting out there, um, what we get back is very much related to the energy that we're putting out there. So if you're putting out this hungry, I need attention, I need companionship, oh, I need totally. someone energy, th- it's just people People can see that. It just bounces like bing. And you, it, you, very rarely does anyone find someone when they're like, I need something now. No. But if you're going Because you don't want to, like, that's like desperation. You yeah. Remember, the only thing that you really need in yeah. life, and I say this sometimes to a fault. I'm like, I need oxygen and water and the occasional amount of food yeah. and sleep. But that's you do, needs, you, yeah. yes, those are the essentials. And that's, I mean, that's like 101, like for survival. But remember, like, you don't need anyone. You need yourself. And you, you a difference between needs and wants and desires and you can want or desire someone but i think what's really helpful here is to reframe when you go out and meet people Uh, i have a client that recently went to this um this like tantra speed dating thing and the advice that i gave her she's nervous she's super nervous of course and the nervousness of course is self-created it's the stories it's the anxiety the fear of being hurt in the future and so what i told her is stop thinking of it as even dating Think of it as you're just going to make meet people and make friends. This are, they're all friends. Like th- you're just going to get to know people, and everyone is just a friend. And you're not even like going there with the intention of meeting lovers or partners. And if that comes out of it, then holy shit, what a surprise and what a bonus. But if you reframe and take the pressure off of this, this is real deal dating business, um, and just make it a friendly experience of just I'm just trying to gain more friends and know, get to know people. How'd it go? Do you know? Uh, it went. It went well. She. It went well in it. Um, it was one of those things that they had this weird gender thing where mm. the women chose the men that they were interested in. The men had to follow up with them. So it kind of set up for this double rejection, which was really mm. odd to me. And the, she chose a number of men and none of the men that she was interested in contacted her. But one of the men that she, how did that work? One of the men that she wasn't interested in contact, there was something there that, that happened. Yeah, it just like he had her information or something, something, and she didn't pick him, but he contacted yeah. her. Okay, yeah, there was something like you hand like marbles or something. There was something there. I just to me, it felt a little um, odd that they. It was like kind of set up to fail well, a, a bit. It was. It was that it was gen- so gendered, and oh, yeah. but that's just my own thing with gender, and that's probably what, it. Probably made it work better in that way because it's very much towards heterosexual for heterosexual people. This person's tantra practice, sure. and that it was like a double rejection because. There, there's two different options there for you know it could feel like that as I'm speaking about rejections not about you but you know she put herself out there and then was waiting for them to respond and I mean I don't know I like why wasn't it just open ended for everyone to have everyone's information you just followed up with whomever you're interested in right whoever you connected with and like men followed up with women and women followed up with men I felt like for me um like with dating um living in LA when I was so isolated it wasn't 
dating was never the thing that was difficult. It was making friends, like yeah. the actual connections that are deeper and like going out on a limb. Like I was like, wow, I think I'm a badass. And that almost hurt more than like dating. So I was dating. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Like I'm happy. Like, okay, no, like, you know, we're not gonna be life partners. That's fine. Like we're just gonna bang it out and then that's move on with our lives. And but then dating apps for that too. And so they make dating apps. Yeah. Over, so it was yeah. easy. But with friends, it was like, oh my God, like I, oh, is there anybody out there? Anybody? Well, I got that same mentality then like going out to places. Well, people flake on people they don't know well a lot of times too in LA at least especially in LA yeah. dude it was like it was it would be disheartening I'd meet make an awesome connection with someone and then be like yeah phone numbers exchange and then let's meet up next week and then cancel and then never hear from them again and I'm like is it me it can't be me it's, I know I'm really cool it's not you Chip it's we talked about this right it's the non objection because they don't even know well, how awesome that's you when are. I did the self-work to realize that yeah. I am a badass and I had a lot to offer and it was their loss that that's cool LA we're happy to have her in Santa Cruz yeah. you lose <laughs> this is one thing I tell myself too in the in the dating world too like when when I when people and yeah even just dating with friends if there's certain people that just decide they're not that into me or something at first, it's pretty surprising because I'm like, I thought, you know, I, 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 do, I walk into a room and just assume that most people like me because I have a lot of self-love. It's not yeah. like a cocky thing. It's just right. I know that my energy is pretty likable. And when people don't like me, first of all, it can be pretty surprising. But at the end of the day, I just tell myself, like, well, they're lost because I'm pretty awesome. And totally. if I didn't have a lot of self-love that I was raised with, that would be a lot more challenging. But if you're able to take that on... Very helpful. It's taken me a while. Like I've always been like the jester, you know, I, the jokester, the person that's like, yeah, just bring April. As you've been on, on this podcast. <laughs> like, like that's jokes. my true self. Yeah. Um, but like slowly, same. Like I've been like, oh, I'm very likable. You know, I never, I was never trying to be like the prettiest or the smartest or the best, at, you know, in the room. But I always strived for like, the love from other people and like getting the appreciation that I thought like I love, but it didn't come from self-love. It came from me trying to search out yeah. for other people to love me. And now is a time that I have a lot of self-love and I walk into a room and I assume, you know, most of the people will like me as well, but um, you know, like I, it doesn't matter if they don't. Yeah. Like I still love myself and I'll go home and be like, you're fucking a badass. And some days it's harder than others, but yeah, to- of the relationship with yourself yeah. is so fucking important. And I yeah. can't stress that enough. Well, and, and when those days when it's really hard, that's a good moment to look into what do I need to do to take care of myself right now? Like, well, how am I not taking care of myself? Right. Because if your cup is, is, is full from you taking care of yourself, a lot of that stuff, other stuff bounces right off of you. Right. All right. Tangents. Okay. Tangents. <laughs> no, but it's all good stuff. It's, it's all really good helpful. stuff. Really What's helpful. The, we have two more questions. I no, think. I have two more. How much do you have? Oh, I have one there? more. All right. So three more. <laughs> all right. <laughs> L asks, I have a fetish for incest porn. They had this actually, just so you all know, this was a much longer email with some personal stuff about this person. It's a really, really great question. Um, and I did not include all the other stuff. So this is, um, this is just the question part. So they have a fetish for incest porn. Now, let me be clear. This has nothing to do with my actual family. My family and I have a great relationship. But for some reason, when I read an erotic story about a father punishing his daughter or a daughter sucking on her mother's breasts, these things really get me going. I feel deep, deep shame about this. Like, is something wrong with me? I think they said, like, is something fucking wrong with me? But I just caught up fucking for some reason. I don't know why. Is something fucking wrong with me? Thank you. This shit is seriously fucked with me. Yeah, they're, they're, so there's, yeah, they're, they're concerned. (laughs) (laughs) My girlfriend and I are very open about our sexuality to each other, and I want more than anything to be open to her about this. I feel like I've been lying to her, and that is a horrible feeling. So I suppose I'm writing to you for reassurance, to know I'm not a sick freak that needs help. Also, if I turn out to be a sicko, how should I go about telling her about this? She is very non-judgmental, so I think she will be understanding, but still I'm worried that she will have similar feelings of shame as me. 
So much shame. Well, you know, we've talked about the daddy issues so often. Yeah, I, I got last. Yeah, and for for me, I'll tell you, um, listener, that it's L, all L. good. L, all good. Um, in the in the fact that, um, like first of all, you're not sick. We all have these different things going on in our heads. I watch plenty of porn, and the it doesn't mean you want it to happen to you. No, I watch this taxi driver porn all the time. That's this dude. What's going on? Then? Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not trying to get with my taxi driver. <laughs> no, but I like it for some reason. It's this Wait, old but what man. What about Uber? Uh, what do you mean? Would you get with an Uber driver? No, it's the same <laughs> thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you going? Yes, yes, I would. If it's a taxi cab, no. But if it's an Uber, yes. It's a little more personal. Yes, it's very personal because <laughs> I'm in the front seat. But anyway, point B. Lift. <laughs> so it's, but the, the point is, is that like things, certain things might get you off. And I, lo- I love st- like, like I, I think it's like MILF porn. I watched MILF porn all the days. All the days. All the days in college. <laughs> I was like, milf porn. There was something about old-er women getting, like, milf porn by nailed the way, like by, like, olds. younger <laughs> dudes. And I was like, that's hot. Okay. And then I also watched, like, dad's fucking the daughter and the mom's coming home. Like, I watched all that shit. And that, to me, is hot. So... If we want to be sick, if you if you're a sicko, I'm a sicko. I'm Naples. with you. I'm with you. But because I think nothing's wrong with it, because I'm not actively trying to like you know get in with my dad or my brother. I think these are just like things that these are just things that turn you on. It's imagery. Yeah. It's fantasy. So fantasy is it doesn't necessarily mean we want it to happen to us. We our ma- our minds are brilliantly imaginative. It's so beautiful. I can sit and entertain myself with my mind all the time. And in fact, it tells too many stories half the time that I get caught up in that are not helping me. But there's a lot of stuff in there that is not related to what I want to happen here. And I've shared this on past podcasts. I was someone who I don't have um, any non-consensual sexual trauma from my childhood. I definitely have some trauma from some like shitty sex that I've had that I didn't like speak up to the fact that it didn't feel good. But I had rape fantasies at starting age 10 from seeing a rape scene on a TV show. And I thought it was really arousing. And I was like, this is kind of weird because I definitely don't want that to happen to me. But I've, you know, that's was always a thing. Now later in life, I understand that I'm really into dominance and submission. And it's not necessary. So it's 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 something. It's, this is really common for people to have thoughts and arousing thoughts and images and fantasies, or like a certain porn that turns them on. That isn't something that they want to happen. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not sick. You're not twisted. You're not a freak. In fact, it might make you more normal. And <laughs> I feel like sharing it with your partner. it's awesome. Maybe they can tap into that and turn you on with that at some point. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe you don't want that, but maybe maybe you do. Yeah. Maybe who knows, but you you can do role play. You can do role play. And maybe if they're asking you, if, if your partner's asking you what you're in, you know, what you're into, um, you don't necessarily need need to say in incest. It's like, I watch incest when it turns me on. Yeah, and like I say, I I play out this like daddy little girl dynamic with my partner, and it's not very not familiar. It's not like my father daddy, but um, I am sure for some people it brings up a lot. And what I would suggest too, because I have dated people where I told them that I have rape fantasies, and they're like, "There's something wrong with you. That's not normal." And at that time, I wasn't as awesomely empowered as I am. So what what I would suggest to if you have a partner who 
doesn't get it when you explain that this is just a fantasy. It doesn't mean I want it to actually happen. I just want to be clear with you. Like this is, you know, just just something that turns me on that I want to share with you to be closer to you, but I don't necessarily want it to happen. Um, and they, if they don't get it, have them listen to this episode. Send them our way. Yeah. Like, have them because there, it's just a lack of education. It's a, it's their upbringing and what they've been told. And it's, um, it is not uh, open-minded or supportive. Right. The so mind is brilliant. It's beautiful. I love the, it. And, you know, the, the moral of that story is it's all good. Yeah. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever, what do you call it? Consensual sex is good sex. Yes, but also um, your uh, spank bank yeah. material. It's yours. It's yours. And it can be anything you want to be. Right. And, you know, there's just, it's okay. Yeah. Consensual sex, though, for yeah, sure. All I mean, consensual sex is right. good. Sex. And those people that are yeah. making the porn are getting paid, hopefully, well. And and if that's getting you off, like you can know that it's consensual for them. Some ho- level. Yeah, hopefully, it's consensual. So, yeah, and they're probably not really related. So <laughs> yeah, let's be real here. Probably, most likely. Not. <laughs> so let's, yeah, that, that's good. So question. So this is from W. W. The subject is not sure if my girlfriend is connected to me during sex. So this was also a very um, personal, long, uh, longer email, and we just sort of cut it down because obviously people like to share their story to kind of get um, Amy and I on the level of what where they're coming from. So um, some of it might be feel a bit disjointed, but the question and, and it's okay for you to cu- for you to share your personal story. We just won't put it on there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, otherwise, our podcast will go from one hour to twenty five, yeah. which is it's turning on, uh, turning out to be. So okay. The topic of my message was I don't feel that she is connected to me during sex because I'm a very emotional guy. And when we're having sex, I like to connect through true eye contact. This is something she seems to have a hard time doing. She closes her eyes a lot during sex. Now, granted, most of the time her eyes are rolling in the back of her head, which I think is really hot. But I would just like to share that intimate eye contact as I am making love to her. Um, This also seems to be the same thing when we're kissing. She closes her eyes a lot, maybe almost all the time when we're when we're kissing. I was just wondering if you two girls could explain to me why that might be the case. Thank you very much. All right. That's a good question. And um, communication. This is a conversation right. that needs to happen and here. I think um, his email the beginning, this is a newer relationship. He was in a long term relationship for a while and um, he's very connected to this person on all other levels. So yeah, I think asking if that's what you desire from her and maybe she's going to say, I love to close my eyes because it's not that she's probably thinking about you or maybe getting in touch with herself, but um, I'm a half close, half open kind of person. Um, But it's when I close my eyes, it's because I'm in the moment. I'm feeling everything else kind of heightening my senses, feeling the lips, feeling the body. So I like to close my eyes. Yeah, closing my eyes helps me to go inside and to feel my body. And feel if your heart space. My heart and my pussy. If, and my if, pussy, Like yeah. with someone's touching my pussy and I have my eyes open, it's really hard for me to fully feel everything that's happening there. And with that said, I also understand that uh, eye connection is really big on connection. So you can do kind of, a middle ground, you know, the 80, 20, right? 80% close and 20% open or vice versa, whatever you're into. 
Um, so I think eyes closed has some important value and eyes open has some important value. So it's just kind of a balance of what works for everyone. And that's just a conversation where you share in you, this is, we've talked about this before, the positive reinforcement conversation. And this is a good conversation to have outside of the bedroom. This is like a, we're sitting at the coffee table, drinking some coffee. We're going for a walk down the street and, and Hey, there's something I want to talk to you about. That's important to me is now a good time. And, um, and they might say no. And if they say no, then can we set a time for another moment? That'll be good. And you want to do it at a time where spirits are high and you're not in a hurry. And whenever that time is, hopefully maybe it's right then you say something, um, you speak to the positive and then you can speak to the critique too. So, um, when I love having sex with you and what I love even more is if we can make eye contact sometimes, I'm not asking for eye contact all the time. I understand we're not porn stars, uh, but when we lock eyes when we're playing, it feels so, and, <laughs> and, and's better than butts. And when we lock eyes when we're playing, I feel so connected to you. And I would love if we could maybe experiment with a little more of that. Are you open to that? I mean, it's pretty easy. Yeah. But it, it's scary. Those conversations really, can they be are really scary. scary. And maybe go over it in your head of how it plays out yeah. and kind of use those tools. It's It's really the environment, the... Um, making sure it's the right time to have the conversation. So not doing people are naked and be like, you never open your eyes when we're fucking and it bums me out. You know, it's right. not, which is the easy go-to like, Oh, you're triggered. Yeah. right. Cause it triggers you're you frustrated. and you're like, Hey, yeah. every time we're making out, you close your eyes. Why is it me? Is it me? And you kind of revert back to that. Like, ah, yeah. like that needy kind of imagine being penetrated or penetrating someone and have the other person look at you and be like, why won't you look at me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking scary. Nair. Yeah. Outside the bedroom, because it's something you've been thinking yeah. about for a while. And, and too. you wrote in, and you know, I think that's the best way to approach it. Like, yeah. you obviously have this connection with this person. And that's awesome that you want this connection. That's yes. beautiful. And uh, opening eyes is all good. I think, like, uh, you probably just enjoy, like, the visual, and, and she probably does too. But I honestly feel like I close my eyes too, so I can tap into myself and feel the moments. And that is very common, I think, for yeah. folks to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's this, I think it's a, it's a balance. Because when I open my eyes, I start thinking my head, I just get so heady, like with all the things, like. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. Right. Yeah. So that's why you can do kind of a little balance there. And I, that's another thing that porn shows us. Eyes are just open all the time. And it's in there's Yeah. It's just like this, this part it's of it, this eye candy. Theater. I mean, it's theater. theater yeah. No way. It's acting. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the Tantra movement, there's the, um you know, eye, eye gazing and eye contact and. Uh, but a lot of times that's happening. People aren't moving a lot. Right. So, or maybe they're not even having sex. They're just like sitting across from each other. So, and you can incorporate into sex too, but. So thank you, W, for quest. your question. Thanks. Now this is the last one. No, so. we got one more. I have one more. No, yeah, the last one. Oh, this is the last one. Yes. yes, yes I'll get you. Okay. This is a, this is a nice long one. Um, this is actually a really good question. It has a number of questions, but um, uh, this has to do with some, some trauma too. So. So this person actually went to the um, Symbiosis uh, Oregon Eclipse Festival in April, and I taught a workshop there. And then we did a little Q&A circle group, which I don't think that they were there because I don't know who this person is. But they said that they listened to our um, our talk there and then on their drive home listened to every episode because they probably had a really long drive to get out of there. Every episode on the drive and that it really helped their lives and changed their lives. And they even bought their first vibrator from purepleasureshop.com from that inspiration, um, which has really helped them too. And they have some other stuff. So, um, So this person, R, we'll call them R. R says, I'm 22 and I've never had sex. I felt shame about that since high school and carried it right into my adult life. 
I had some trauma with my dad at home, and then more trauma happened in high school. My first sexual experiences weren't consensual, and I kind of shut down. I didn't let anyone in that way, and a few times I've tried to tried, and I kind of panic, and I'm at the point I can't tell it tell it. Ugh, I can't tell if it's because of my trauma or insecurity over my lack of sexual experiences. I'm scared it won't. I won't be good enough, and that I'll be judged if they hear I've never had sex. It's like this hidden secret, and I'm so fucking sick of feeling shame and like I'm broken. I'm starting to think I'm more ready to meet someone and explore more. But how do I do that in a dating culture where hookups are so casual? Because I need safe space and I need to feel connected with someone. How do I talk about this to someone I've met, I've just met or been seeing? I worry that right when I drop that I've never had sex bomb, it instantly becomes serious. You can't have something casual after that, and I worry after I worry about scaring men off or of rejection. So how do I talk about this mess? that is my sexuality in a way that lets me get to know someone and still decide if I even want anything with them. I say be proud. Yeah. Like, hey, you're waiting. I mean, not, the, yeah, not the trauma part, but the, 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 you're taking care of yourself. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if someone that you're approaching with this information is going to reject you on that information, that's that person's stuff. Cause for real, it's not yours. no. And that's like, awesome. I mean, like whatever, you know, obviously the trauma I know, that's it's fucking hard yeah. like that's something that you'll hopefully be able to um address and and kind of grow and build and yourself from yeah. right but i think like i know like it's the fear of rejection which we, we've heard in a lot of these questions so come much fear from of rejection. a lot of fear yeah. of rejection and it's okay i know like this world we're oversexed in this world today with like Look at like from model body image to um, Tinder hookups, you know, Mm. it's like I feel like that because I've only slept with, you know, four people. My husband was the fourth person I had slept with. Um, You slept with more since then. Well, yeah, now I'm at 14. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But (laughs) let's try. Yeah. But I was I I mean, I'm really proud of you. I was like, yeah, I know. And I had shame in that, like that I wasn't very experienced. And that was me thing. And I wasn't very experienced when in actuality, like you were married in and, relationships. And also who's time. judging on experience yeah. and who knows every thing that you enter into is your own thing and no one's setting the rules. You could, if you feel like, you know, you don't want to s- explore sex, like, like the, uh, I'm assuming is whatever sex you're into. If it's PIV sex, penis and vagina, or, um, you know, whatever sex you're into, like if you're waiting for that moment, that person fucking wait. Yeah, until well, you're I mean, forty, who, whatever it feels good. It sounds like what they're saying is that you know they have the trauma, so it made it so you know a lot. Of, there's a lot of trauma there, a lot of trauma from home to more in high school. So this is something that I think would be really great to address again with a therapist or some, with someone. You want a therapist? That's actually not coaching business right there. I think that's more of a, um, a therapy to go work with the trauma, and. Um, and then you had some sexual experiences where you just shut down and, and it was really fearful because you have this other stuff. And so now there's the story that's coming up there. And um, yeah. And in, in the dating world, you might meet people that just want to have sex. 
Right. And if you say to to someone and you, as you get to know them and you say, I just want to let you know. And so I'm, I'm a big proponent of being completely honest of where you're at because it's going to help to avoid that awkward, uncomfortable thing later. We talk about this all the time in our podcast on transparency and maybe not the first five seconds. Hi, my name is Amy and I'm a virgin. You know? Right. <laughs> maybe not like that. But as you get to know someone, you maybe it's a couple hours. And in the maybe you don't have to throw in the V. You don't like, use that word. You can be like, hey, my name's April and. And I actually am waiting for an awesome person to share a sexual experience with. Yeah, and probably not. In the are you sentence. that person? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. and not in the second maybe, sentence. Maybe if you want to do that, that's kind of awesome. So hey, my name's person? April, yeah. and I'm still an anal virgin. Yeah, and we're going to make a, make <laughs> and a, I eat name a bunch tag of Indian food. Do you want to hang out tonight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, or cheese. Oh, no. She's lactose no. intolerant, everyone. Yes. Um, Sorry, okay, so, tangent. So, anyways, yeah, it's tangent hour. So, after, um, after a couple, maybe after a couple hours, or maybe you get to know them one night and then you have a conversation the next time that you hang out you, you bring this up you let them know you know i just want to be clear with you i'm interested in you first of all like it, if you're interested in this person let them know i'm interested in you i think that you're really high really sexy really cute or whatever you know whatever however you um, want to let them know that you're interested so i'm interested in you and i want to let you know where i'm at with uh, like my relationship status and my experience here um i am interested this person this is true for this person i'm interested in really getting to know someone and really connecting deeply with them and uh, i've actually never had sex before and so sex won't be on the table right away um and i'm not saying that it never will be but whomever i have sex with i need to be really really connected with and i just want you to know that ahead of time so that we can figure out if we want to continue moving forward and maybe you butter it up and make it sound a little more sexy than the way i did because mine was very serious but Transparency. Or maybe, yeah, you just... Where are you at? Transparency. Right. This is where I'm at. This is what's important to me. Um, and then I think that I'm interested in you part, like the compliment, the the um, letting them know, like, like this is where I'm at and I'll move forward with you, um, but these are my boundaries. These are my needs. And you might get the person, you might get a couple things. One, you might get the person that's like, oh, yeah, totally. I'm totally fine with that. And then they try to pressure you the mm -hmm. next day to have sex with them. Right. And you have to uphold your boundaries. You say, I told you my boundaries. This is where they're at. If you can't respect them, then I'm going this way. And it's feeling like you can't respect them. So actually, I'm going to go this way. Um, and Or you might get the person that says, fuck, yeah, that's awesome. I love a human who um, knows their boundaries, who respects their body. And you, know, you, don't, and you don't have to share it's coming from trauma. You can literally, that can come later. You know, you can... To share the trauma stories once you really get to know the person because that is a deeply vulnerable. That's thing. also a hard thing to just share totally. in general, yeah. even when you're ready. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, so, but the other stuff, and then you know, you, you might get a couple of different approaches, but always know if it's someone who's like, yeah, this, I'm, I'm actually, or I'm not that interested, or if they all of a sudden just start shunning you, it's just because they just want a bone. They just I'd say, I, I say, be, be proud you. though. Yeah. Be proud of where, where are these colors with pride? Like. Yeah. Like it's you, it's who you are, it's your story, and that makes it special, and that makes it yours. And no one else has that story, whatever it is, you know. And whether it's you're 22 and you've never had sex, or you're, you know, whoever you are, that that's your story. You should like that's like be proud. And I, you know, I, I, I know I've met people in their 30s and 40s who have never Me too. had sex. Me too. And it's it's so it's this isn't something you're. Um, you're not abnormal. You're not broken. Not you're, alone. No, and you're, in my opinion, you're still really young, and to a certain degree, like you're doing it right because you're. Like, there's fear in there for sure, and 
you are setting boundaries. You are looking out. And for I don't want to sound like a mom, but please, when you choose, if when you choose a person to experience, you know, sex with, and you're like, obviously the dating world, blah blah blah. Let's just be protective and safe, because I know safe sex isn't sexy to talk about, but be safe. Yeah, and that's, that's a good conversation. That's most something again to have those conversations before you actually have sex. All right, you already so this is great because you don't even I've never had sex before, you know. So this this is something that a lot of conversation, communication, you know, and and um, negotiation should come in. Kush not should, but would be really helpful if it came into play beforehand. You know, what are like what are we what are the same, what kind of safety protocols are we going to take? What kind of aftercare are we going to take? Are we going to continue seeing each other? What is it the going to look like? And the like? fact that you're listening to the podcast, you care about obviously about self-empowerment and and like self-work and and creating that kind of relationship dynamic with a person, a partner, that speaks volumes about who you are as a person. Like yeah. I, who, who who this who this listener is. Like you're 22 years old you're and awesome. you're fucking yeah, you're, rad. You're like ahead of the time. I want to <laughs> hang out with you. Like seriously, you're ahead of the game. It's like you're going to create this like really genuinely authentic relationship with this person that's open and that you're being transparent that just shows like how amazing your character is and yeah let's hang next time you're in santa cruz yeah. if you are if you're everywhere or if anywhere you, over if here you, uh come to another one of our workshops someplace and sometime we would love to meet you love ya. it Doing good work i think we answered all of their questions i think we did so uh, that's great hookups, la, 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 la. yeah and the other thing i will oh. say it's your body you get to decide whatever the fuck you do um, and I actually, I would yeah, have one more comment on that because I do remember this being a thing um, that I remember my girlfriend's dealing with it myself as well. That pressure of um, that, like sex is kind of everything, right? So like, yeah. and it gets kind of lost. There's a couple of things that happen there when we make out with someone and then and there's like all these levels, you know, of it. So it's like we make out with someone just kind of expected that maybe a blowjob will happen or sex will happen or whatever, but make out's not enough. And then, so there's this idea that we're losing the slowness of all of that, like getting to know each other's bodies really slowly. And um, I, I know that that's a thing. And it's up to you to make that not a thing for you. So you can say with someone as you're making out with them, they start to stick their hand down your shirt. You can grab their hand and say, I love that you want to touch my breast. And I'd really just like to make out with you for a while. In fact, for the rest of the night, I'm not, I'm not really there yet. Um, and you can do that in many different levels. And this is the other thing. God, so many tangents, so many points. The last thing I'll it's say. Important, no, it's all important stuff. The other thing that happens for people often is, um, once they do one thing, then it's they feel like it's assumed that that thing should always be on the table or that the next step is what's happening mm, next. So yeah. say you're making out and they touch your breasts. So the next thing is that someone touches someone's genitals in the next round. That's assumed to by a lot of people. It doesn't have to be that way. It's your body. It's your choice. There's no order of operations. It's based on what you want, you desire, and that changes all the time. And you can change your mind in the moment. So maybe in the moment, that first time you decide that you're ready to have sex and you start and then you get a big fucking panic attack, no, you can stop it. You can say, I actually changed my mind. I'm freaking the fuck out right now and I need to take some time and some breaths on my own. Uh, it's, there's no, it's just, there's no, there's no order of operations that applies to everyone. It's always changing. And, um, I'm guilty of living in that mentality that there's like a way it should all happen sometimes. Oh, I'm the same. I yeah. think it's, that's human nature. I think it's, it's pressure. And, right. And, and we're too empowered 
humans on, on like many levels who but have like, moments <laughs> who have moments and I, I still I just was thinking when you were saying that I still do that where you know with my partner now where like he's touching something I'm like oh I should probably like give him a blowjob right yeah. now because but I'm like wait sometimes it's okay to receive yeah and sometimes it's okay to have touched that doesn't involve genitals and just because we've touched genitals doesn't mean we have to touch genitals every time. This is the number one complaint I get. Actually, probably number one, I get five million complaints. But um, for people in long-term relationships, especially women in straight relationships, where now that they've had sex five million times, every time, we don't make out anymore. We don't just dry hump anymore. That's a thing for me that's really important. I was yeah. actually thinking that today. Yeah. So tuned in to Tokyo over here because um, <laughs> hey, no, I was like oh man like you know female ejaculation yes but I haven't kissed this person yeah. what's going on yeah. hey what happened to the old tongue in tongue out kind of thing lick my face and that's a good opportunity <laughs> to do some power play too right yeah it, it, like is is to kiss them in the minute they start touching you I actually did this the other day in a, in a, in a way but it went a little deeper like my partner started we were long story short like somehow they were like spanking my ass very we were on the way out the door and I had like my panties off and they were like oh yeah and they grabbed me and like spanked my ass and within like a couple minutes we were kind of doing like the JTT, like just the tip. And there was like some insertion going on and I was into it and going with it, but I had this in my head and we were had places to go, yeah. but they were into it. And so I was like, I'm just going to fuck with them. And so went with it for like, you know, five or 10 seconds enjoying it. And then I pulled away. And I was like, that's all you get. And just walked over there like, what? What? Yep. And it is, and, and that's, there's something empowering about that. Uh-huh. That's and, fucking it, great. And it, and it wasn't mean and malicious. It was no. so playful. It was like, you'll get more. You just don't get it right now. Yeah. And I get to decide when you get it. It's my body. What? I like it. I like all of it. So much to say. So much. All the things. <sighs> all the things. All the things. All the days. All the days. Every day. Every day. So cool. So remember, y'all, if you have questions, definitely write us um, and let us know, like, comments or questions or, you know, if you have anything that you... Um, want us to you know um kind of dive into and if we don't know the answers well we have a lot of connections and a lot of awesome ways to figure it out Bring so speakers book references yes. all of the above yes and you can always write us at um shameless sex podcast at gmail.com that's our email address and then we have our website shamelesssex.com that you can um download any of our actually you can just listen you don't even have to download it onto your computer you can just listen directly on your computer um or uh we're on itunes obviously tell your friends tell your friend about shame of sex feel good feel no shame in your listening game Ooh, and that was a good one, you Jim. know what i also thought about like um i think our, our, our new hashtag should be like from the boardroom to the bedroom all your shameless sex has to offer oh, is amazing this is, yeah i get it yeah, because I'm in the boardroom. You're in the bedroom. Uh, true, I'm in the bedroom sometimes, but most of the time in the boardroom. Maybe you don't like that as much. She doesn't look as happy. No, I as do us. like it. I'm just like you're in the bedroom a lot. I'm in the boardroom a lot or the bedroom. bedroom. I am. Yeah. Really? I mean, more than you. You have a lot of sex. Oh yeah. God, I'm gonna call this episode like a <laughs> tangent episode. <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, thank you all so much for listening, and um, we'll see you every Tuesday, next Tuesday, all the Tuesdays, and ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.